Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks. What's up? We welcome you in to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you, your host. Oh, man, we got a great show in front of us here today. Last week we talked about rookies. This week... Or I guess it was earlier this week we talked about rookies. Today we shall talk about aging vets. Who will be strong and who could be set for an epic decline? Joined alongside by the magical beard of fantasy himself, Matt Franciscovich. The franchise is in the building. What's up? What's up, man? It's that time of year where you're trying to organize all of your fantasy drafts. Oh, it's the same. Are you a commission? I am the commission of uh, uh, Dynasty League, yeah. Oh, so I got that. I got my league of record. I know there's going to be like eight more drafts in a three-day span, and I'm stressing out. I feel like in a dynasty, you should just do email drafts. Yeah, yeah well, you know it's an mean? auction league. And, oh, it's eh, an auction. It's oh. a long story, oh, but, you know, okay. I get I get anxious about these kinds of things. I, You know, to all the commissioners out there, God bless you. Yeah. Being a commissioner sucks. It's a dirty job, but somebody's <laughs> got to do it. Man. It does. We got the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's cracking? Uh, it's things are heating up, man. We're getting we're getting down to go time here. August is the biggest month of the season for us, pretty much. And, right. Uh, we're just getting ready. Get that grind. <laughs> that grind is is coming back the and uh, starting to starting to get in the in the zone. Uh, and us. I will tell the listeners out there, starting in August, we will start our listener league drive. Yes. Right. So rate, yes. review, subscribe to the subscribe to the podcast today. Do it right now. Uh, but starting in August, we will solicit the fans. Uh, to rate and review the best reviews will join us in a listener league for those of you following along marcus grant mg my guy what's up not much man it's another good day uh we are we're closer to real actual football news you know oh, i guess we actually have some now right? well we've got plenty we've got so much a ton a lot absolutely absolutely really ridiculous but uh but no uh as you mentioned next week uh we have the hall of fame game next week do we not I believe next Thursday, yes. Ooh, wow. Wee. Let, let's, a week from today. Let's, 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 cross our, let's cross our fingers and hope that we actually have a Hall of Fame game, <laughs> that paint issues are not going to re- rear their ugly head, <laughs> Good point. and that we actually play football. <laughs> let's not count our football uh, games. Oh, wait, no, no, can no, you no, introduce no, me wait. so I can interject True. on that? Yeah. <laughs> we have the fantasy maverick himself, Adam Rankle. Oh, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but last year, it was because there was a concert, and they tried to, like, melt – 
the ice or something? No, no, something. no. They they used blow dryers to heat the paint so it would dry and faster. It it, that's what it made uh, it slick. And it yeah. got too slick. Got or too not like slick. blow dryers, but they used heating no, no, mechanisms. They, to they did. They, 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 those portable, yeah, basically. But the game's on Thursday now. The Hall of Fame induction ceremony is on Saturday. Okay. Which is going to be weird because uh, I'm not going this year. Because now that everybody, like, now that I know three of the people, well, I know three of the people. I actually have. They are coworkers. With, with two of them, uh-huh. they would know who I am. Okay. Which is <laughs> um, everybody knows if you read my stuff, you know that I talk to Ladanian a lot. Um, He's awesome. Drop. You can figure out who no, the he other is. He is awesome, though. He's the best. Like for the for the folks who don't know, Ladanian Tomlinson is legitimately awesome. He will take time out of his day to try and and legitimately ask you about your day. And it's not one of those obligatory, hey, how was your day? Okay, cool, I really don't care, and just stiff arms you and, and goes by. <laughs> he really wants to know about your – and he will remember stuff. LT is really cool, by the it's way. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. he's really and cool. And I, uh, I was a former Chargers season ticket holder. So we go back and talk about a lot of that stuff. In the first game that I ever went to, the Chargers were playing host to the Dallas Cowboys in week one, but general manager A.J. Smith was in a contract dispute with Antonio Gates and suspended him. Shocking. And the Chargers lost the game. They had four chances to score from the seven-yard line. <laughs> and, of course, and they couldn't no do it. Yeah, exactly. There's no Antonio Gates. And I'm, I'm not sure that he would have helped, but I'm saying he might not have hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, like I said, we've got a great show in front of us here today. Man, also, gonna... you know what? I, w- I was going to say this about being a Dynasty League manager. What's yeah. up? Or being a manager. Uh, a manager, commissioner. A commissioner. Yeah. Excuse me. I, I'm going to do something highly – Highly like controversial, Regular? okay, controversial Ooh. because this because we always have a, a destination draft, and this year, yeah, I'm throwing and I'm not even putting it up for a vote. I'm okay. making everybody there. Are you even, the commission? There's yep. Yeah, there's twelve of us. Nine of us will be there. Okay, and even the three people who will be skyping in because we don't do it online. Beautiful, uh, Hawaiian shirts. Boom. It's controversial, but do then, it up. You got to walk around the gas lamp like that. For the rest of the night, too. <laughs> At least it's not coming off after the draft. At least you'll be comfortable. You got to go to Dick's Last Resort oh, in that thing. Man. Tivioli's, all oh, those boy. places. All right, listen. Uh, all right. We welcome in the folks on Facebook Live as well. Hopefully the audio issues uh, will be resolved today. We, we, One we'll of my find league out. mates is probably watching, too, and I think she's going to give that. Okay, up. that's great. Uh, we have a vet report here for you. Like I said, we're going to talk all things uh, aging veterans. Uh, only 30-year-old players and above. That's it. That is it. Which ones are still strong? Which ones uh, could be set for a fall off? I would imagine we will talk about Jamal Charles today. I would imagine we will talk about Adrian Peterson today. I would imagine we will talk about Marshawn. Marshawn. Beast mode. Beast mode. What happened? In today's episode, we will close out with a round of daily daps. But first, we start the show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Oh man, we got all kinds of news coming out of Baltimore. All kinds big, of news, man. Big news day in general. It's the last just couple. It's craziness, man. Look, we'll start with Kenneth Dixon. All right. He's out for the season now. Mm. We knew he was going to be suspended, but now he is out for the season ugh, with a torn meniscus. Um, look, from a fantasy perspective, 
uh, we'll focus on fantasy here in that running back backfield. But uh, the values for Terrence West and Danny Woodhead, I would imagine Alex Gilhar, certainly get a boost. But uh, talk to me about Terrence West. Well, this was a situation I was really liking West this year because he was coming at a discount. A lot of people were drafting Dixon higher than West, but West was going to be the starter for at least the first four weeks and have a chance to beat out Dixon beyond that. Now that Dixon is just out of the picture, I think this yeah. – creates a very clear backfield split and what should be a very productive backfield too. Terrence West can catch passes. He'll probably mix in a few. The, the Ravens target backs a lot. They threw the ball to Kyle Juszczyk over 50 times last year. He's gone. Woodhead should take most of those and more targets. But West will mix in. He's a bigger guy. He'll probably be the goal line guy. He'll be the early down guy and the guy that they lean to if they have a lead and try to want to salt away a win. So he's a great late round running back. His ADP is going to start climbing. But it will. Man, if you go wide receiver early and are looking for a discounted leading back in a, in a decent offense, Terrence West is, is a guy to call off the off the draft board. Man, I tell you what, I don't hate it right now. His ADP is in the tenth or eleventh round if you're in a ten team standard league. But like you said, uh, as draft days get closer. I think his value will rise. Don't be surprised come draft day if his value is in the seventh round. But uh, we shall see. Even in the seventh round, though, that's that's not bad. No worries about Bobby Rainey. Huh? I, I don't think so. Look, can I can I say this about Danny Woodhead as well? Look, I know he's coming off of major surgery uh, and, and a couple of different major injuries. But if Joe Flacco is there and if he is healthy, by the way, that's another news item. We'll get to that in just a moment. But if he is healthy – I don't know, Adam, right? I, I kind of feel good about Danny Woodhead. He's a he's a veteran. Uh, this is a team that likes to pass the ball. Danny Woodhead obviously is a pass-catching back. Just to me, I don't know why, I just get this feeling that Danny Woodhead actually might be the, the, the biggest beneficiary of this Kenneth Dixon injury. Well, I really think that we need to – and you mentioned it a moment ago, just because I think we're only seeing part of the story when you're talking about the Ravens without discussing the fact Joe that Joe Flacco is going to be – plus – They've had a retirement as well on the offensive line, and I don't know how much that's going to play into anything. But at the same time, um, this team has thrown the ball more than any other any other over the last two years. If if Joe Flacco is not going to be available, I would imagine they're going to be playing from behind in a lot more games than they're going to be trying to, you know, play out the string and do sure. something like that. So, I love Danny Woodhead here, and I think that even even on good teams or even at any time during the course of his career, that because his receiving yardage gives him such a safe floor, right, that he is a more valuable prospect to have because you figure like he's going to get you, he's going to get you four points every week just on receiving yards. It seems agree. like, and then whatever he does rushing wise, it's a and bonus. If he gets into the end zone, it's a bonus. So, and he's been so good about finding the end zone as well. He's been one of those touchdown mavens, man. So it's a hundred percent on this. On that note, too, Steve Smith led uh, Baltimore wide receivers in red zone targets last year with 11. He's gone. Dennis Pitta led the whole team in red targets. zone targets yeah. with 14 last year. Yeah. He's gone. All those are going to go to Danny Woodhead. I mean, at le you would at least think the, the, the Pitta targets would go that way. I mean, you know, certainly with Jeremy Macklin there, I would imagine Macklin fits into that. Uh, you know, wide receiver role there. So, but he's just going to assume what Steve Smith was getting. Last that, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying the Dennis Pitta targets seem like they would translate more to Danny Woodhead. But uh, again, it's hard to talk about the Baltimore offense without talking. Forget about the backfield, man. I mean, if Joe Flacco is not right, and this was the other part of the news, right, is that yeah. Joe Flacco expected to miss the first week of training camp with a back injury, a herniated disc, I believe, a, a bulging disc or something in his back. Um, he was lifting weights, and he threw his back out. 
Dang. That's not good. That is not good. That makes me very concerned. Uh, this could be an issue, Marcus Grant, that I think will, I, I don't know, haunt him throughout the season. Uh, I mean, maybe. Um, I guess I'd be more concerned about it if I were actually considering drafting Joe Flacco. It's not so much drafting Joe Flacco. It's an offense. Yeah, it's the, it's the supporting cast. I mean, because even though Joe Flacco is not necessarily I – mean, we make fun of the, the elite status, right? But the bottom line is he is a high-quality quarterback, and he's the guy that makes that offense move. Uh, I mean, he is to a point. You know, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I look at the Ravens' offense, and I'm generally underwhelmed by it. So maybe that's, maybe that's my problem to begin with. Um, you know, so I, as I sit here and I'm trying to figure out who is – because their backup quarterback doesn't need Ryan Mount. Uh, Ryan Mount, there think, it is. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Kyle Buller, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Flashback to the early 2000s. I love it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, look, if if, if they decide, if, if Joe Flacco can't go, yeah. um, I think it, it it impacts some of those guys who, who play downfield. It impacts some of their deeper threats. Um, you know, I think it, you certainly calm down on all this Brashad Perriman talk we've heard in the last couple oh, of weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, I think still guys like Danny Woodhead, some of those guys who run the shorter, intermediate, more intermediate routes can still succeed. I mean, I think we saw Mike Wallace do some good things last year, kind of opening up his route tree a little bit more. Jeremy Macklin, we know, obviously doesn't need to go deep because he's worked in an offense that doesn't do that. So, you know, I don't know that, that Joe Flacco being there has as much of a major impact on this offense as you would think. Um, it still is going to be a whole bunch of meh. Uh, by the way, the only other quarterback on the roster, I love this, Dustin Vaughn. Old D. Vaughn. Good stuff. <laughs> cool. Uh, anyone want to venture a guess as to what college you went to? Uh, I'm, I'm cheating because I'm looking Wesley. at the roster. I'm looking at the roster. <laughs> so. Hawaii? West Texas A&M. Oh, that's close. West Texas A&M. Isn't that where John Moxon ended up after he left uh Oh my God! West is Canada? it? I have no idea. No, Moxon went to Brown. Oh, that's right. Oh, he big dude. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, smart. he was smart. Yeah, he didn't want to keep playing went... football, so he went to Brown. <laughs> yeah, but he ended up playing football. I wrote a whole bunch of you Varsity did. Blues fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Where, um, and it's good. Yeah, it was Lance Harbor goes to one of those small schools. No, he goes to he goes to the. Uh, so maybe Lance Harbor goes to West Texas. No, then no, he get drafted by the Bears eventually. Exactly. He beats Rogers. Um, <laughs> He um he what what have oh gosh. emphasis on fiction San, it is fan fiction because yeah. he goes to the junior college that Kyle Long went to in Orange County goodness gracious Saddleback which would have led him to Washington State because because okay. the years would have jived because Washington State had a God in the tooth in the late nineties two thousand they had a they had a Heisman candidate they had a guy who had finished second the quarterback who was uh gosh why can't Ryan I Leaf not Ryan Leaf no it's after Ryan Leaf there was another. Washington State quarterback who is amazing. So I had the whole thing. I got to go back and unearth okay. it because it's. Right. Let me tell you, it's worth it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's up for Joe Flacco. That's not up. worth it. Not worth drafting. Uh, Joe, but no, he's not. Reading Lance Harbor fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flacco, his back injury will keep him out for the next three to six weeks. He will most certainly miss the first week of training camp, and then they will evaluate uh, from there. Jordan Reed will start training camp on the pup list with a toe sprain team is calling it a quote precautionary move but according to jp finlay of csn mid-atlantic the injury and the pup list designation was quote very unexpected per finlay's sources reed in 12 games last year 686 yards 66 receptions 89 targets and six wait we also uh, but we john but john urschel I'm, I'm sorry i don't mean to keep sticking on the on the ravens okay 
John Urschel, the offensive lineman mm-hmm. who was in those Beats commercials with J.J. Watt, he retired. Yes. He was a starter, right? He was their yeah, starting center? Yeah, he was center? starting center. So that's that's also big when you think about the running attack. Sure. But, again, so there's a lot of a lot of red flags coming up from the radio. I'm sorry. I just wanted to get that out Please. there. Please. I think that because Terrence West is another. I'm with Alex. I mean, I like Danny Woodhead, but I also like Terrence West a lot. I think he was in one of the early editions of Ranks 11. Cause I he really, was. Because I really like him. I mean, I've loved him since I saw him at the Cleveland. Combine. I know I wasn't a big Towson State guy, <laughs> but I remember him coming out of the Combine and just crushing it. So, yeah. When you see that you're losing your starting center, quarterback, your quarterback, quarterback yeah. issues, yep. And then, so I, I love Terrence West still, and I hope that the value will still continue to be there. Yeah. But the good thing is they've got a great coaching staff there with Harbaugh and everything. So they do. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I, that gives me a little bit of faith. You know what I mean? If this was a new coach, or or if this was a uh, a coach with a bad track record. I wouldn't feel as good, but Harbaugh there manning the ship, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, We'll go to Washington. As we mentioned, Jordan Reed will start uh, training camp on the pup list. Um, He has a top 50 uh, ADP right now on Fantasy Football Calculator. I'll ask you, Alex Gilhart, is he worth it there? I still think he is. I mean – He's the, he's one of the ultimate like ceiling chasing players. Yeah, where yeah. when he oh, yeah. when he's healthy on the field, he commands a ton of red zone targets. He's a huge different maker, and he has weak winning upside as a tight end, which is rare. So you you know what you're getting into. I mean, top fifty isn't crazy. If we were talking like top thirty, top twenty five, yeah, it starts getting a little then pricey. You, then you back off. But top fifty, you know that if you get him and he plays thirteen, fourteen games even at his near peak capacity, he's going to be way more, It's going you're going to get way bigger turn on your draft investment. You know what I love about where he's going right now? He's only going a handful of picks uh, before Greg Olson. Who's it, literally never missed a game. He's never missed a game. <laughs> he's got, you know, all these thousand yard seasons under his belt. It, it's, to me, uh, a Rorschach test, right, of how you view drafting. Are you going to go with Jordan Reed or are you going to go with Greg Olson because their ADP value is so similar? Yeah. It's how do you view approaching a draft? Are you chasing the upside, as you mentioned, or do you go to old Mr. Reliable right. and Greg Olson? So I find that fascinating that their ADP is so, is so similar right now. I think um, for a lot of people who want to ha- take a risky pick or want to be kind of dangerous with one of their, like tight ends, the one they're like, I'm going to be – I'm going to be dang- like you're I'm super con- you're super conservative with everything else. Be like you know what Jordan Reed, yeah, I'll do it because it is because like Alex is right because it is the perfect like just storm chaser. Yeah, like because there's when you watch him when he's available to play and he's out there on the field, he looks like, great. Good God, he is a dominant player, mm-hmm. but I don't see enough of it. And where he goes off the board, you're like, all right, I will allow that. I will allow that person, that I mean- man or woman, to, to draft him, <laughs> and I'm going to wait. I like your guy, Martellus Bennett. Love him. Yep. Total Access painted me into a corner where I had to say <laughs> he was going to be their number one. Like he was going to be the number one scoring tight end. I'm like, like what? Like we built the graph. Like yeah, just to pull this back. Just, we built the graphic. I'm like, oh for Christ, fine. Yeah, really. <laughs> Martellus no. Bennett, the number one tight. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who remembers? Well, and if the- it jinxes, and if it jinxes a Packer, I don't care. Uh, Boo. Boo, this man. Okay. All right. So philosophical question here, yes, though. Please. Like how. How many times or how many games or whatever metric you want to use does a player have to miss before the risk outweighs the reward? That's a great question. Because I mean, I'm, I'm, as, as I sit here and look at Jordan Reed's numbers, right? Yeah. He's never he's played 14 games in a season once. He's never started more than nine games. He's oh. 
only once has he actually topped 700 receiving yards. Oh. And, like, I don't doubt his ability. I really don't. And I, I understand completely what Alex is saying, but just yeah. from a philosophical standpoint, at what point do you look at a guy and you look at his track record? This like, is his fifth year in the league, right? <sighs> this is his fifth year. Yes. So four previous years, he's never played full 16. He's never started more than nine games. Nine games. Nine games. He's never topped 700 yards. No, he has once. He had, he had, a nine, he had one year of 952 and 11. That was two seasons ago. God, that, and that's the ghost you're chasing, man. That's the ghost you're chasing. That's the ghost. Well, I think it comes down to, it's a good question, is your draft philosophy. I was having a discussion with somebody on this yesterday who was like, talking about taking Derek Carr over Russell Wilson in fantasy because they thought he was the safer pick because he had a better offensive line and was less likely to get injured. And like I feel like I've said this numerous times in this podcast, is I don't draft scared when I'm going after players. Don't like, be scared. Like, yeah, you could you could ignore Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert who each have very realistic tight end one ceilings. Like, if they, if they stay – either of them stayed healthy for 16 games – I don't think it would surprise anybody in this room if they finished higher than Gronk in fantasy scoring. Like, their ceiling is that high. So it's up to that. It's like, do you do you accept the risk and, and chase the ceilings with players, or do you want to, you know, live uh, or live out your fantasy drafts like you're just eating bologna and mayonnaise sandwiches all day? <laughs> I mean, but sometimes, I think, you, sometimes I think... you eat bad bologna and you're in a hospital for a while. And, it's, and it all depends on where you're drafting. I mean, it's also trying to eliminate as much of the house advantage as possible. It's, yeah. like, it's like fantasy dominoes that, that Bernie Mac was pushing in Ocean's 13. That had a 12% house advantage. Who would play this casino game? It's lunacy. Uh, and it's and it's all, you know, like, it's like I would rather play blackjack where they're paying three to two instead of six to five on blackjack. That's all. I'm just looking for a little bit of an edge. And if I think that somebody like the player I'm thinking of drafting as my tight end is going to be available in the eighth, ninth, tenth round, I would rather use that fourth round pick on somebody else who's probably a little bit more reliable. And it can come down to roster construction, too, because this brings me back to one of the mocks we did, the one where Graham Barfield, a fantasy guru, joined us. He played his mock with, like chasing upside in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So he took Devontae Adams early. He took Jordan Reed. He took uh, like LeGarrette Blunt, and he took a bunch of these players. And, you know, it – it all bakes into how you want to build your team. If you want it where tight end is a huge advantage for you, then, yeah, chase a guy like that and maybe get some help later. But it just it just comes down to how your draft's unfolding and how you're constructing your roster, too. But I, just because of, of the position, tight end, if you take Jordan Reed in a top 50 pick, the the roster construction becomes so different. You know what I mean? Now you now this definitely shapes how you will draft moving forward. and And that's, to me, where... Whenever I do a move like that, I end up hating my draft because I feel like I start chasing players later in the draft. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I'm with Rank here. If I don't, you can't blame anybody for taking them with a top 50 pick. We're talking about Jordan Reed, but it won't be me <laughs> because I just always find myself not liking my roster if I do that at the tight end position, which is why, you know, and again, I won't take a, a guy like Rob Gronkowski either. I, it's just, I, that's just me. I don't fault anybody for doing it. It's just not me. It's not my style of drafting. All right, we'll uh, we'll stay at the tight end position. We'll talk about guys. Uh, we'll stay with guys who are tight ends who are continually hurt. We'll talk about uh, Tyler Eifert. Apparently, he looked like he was good to go, according to Bengals.com. Gio Bernard also looking like he's pretty healthy as well, per the team's website. Remember, Gio coming back from an ACL, Eifert coming back from whatever injury ailment that he has in his career. Uh, I think it's his back this time. Speaking of guys that are uh, always hurt and on the Bengals as well, how about John Ross? I mean, we're talking about a rookie, unbelievable speed, but is still apparently a couple of weeks away from practicing 
couple of weeks away from practicing per the team's website. Ross had shoulder surgery this offseason. Not that John Ross is going to be a draftable player anyways, Matt Franciscovich, but certainly this puts a a damper there. Uh, Does it give A.J. Green any boost? Does it give, you know, uh, Brandon LaFell a boost? Does it give, uh, who am I thinking of, Tyler Boyd a boost at all? I think I think when the Bengals drafted Ross, they knew that he was going to be in line for the surgery, so this was probably part of their plan. Uh, and it's a shoulder thing, so it's not going to affect his speed. But as long as he's out, I think, you know, I think him being on the field would help a guy like AJ Green because it distracts the defenses. Right. Um, and as far as Brandon LaFell and Tyler Boyd, I mean, I'm probably not looking at those guys in fantasy. AJ Green's the only guy I want, and then yep. maybe I'll take a, a late round flyer on a guy like Ross. Uh, so I think his absence is a negative because he's a rookie and he needs those reps. He does. But once he's on the field, I think him just running down the field will help, uh, you know, get defenses off a guy like A.J. Green. So Let's go to Denver. Devontae Booker fractured his wrist. He's going to start training camp on the pup list. He is expected to miss, what, six to eight weeks, I think was the report there. So uh, certainly it opens the door for Jamal Charles, who reported to camp healthy. Uh, And he is a name that right now, I mean, you're looking at him going in the double-digit rounds, but just because of name value, because of where he's playing, a high-profile team like the Denver Broncos, I would imagine, uh, Marcus Grant, that his value will start to go up uh, in terms of his ADP. His true value, I don't know, but his ADP I know will go up. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at this whole whole backfield, it's just sort of weird it's a mess <laughs> it is yeah franchise i wish i'm glad you're here to clean it i'm up. here i'll clean it up for you yeah, i got my broom you know it's just it's sort of a mess i don't but really doesn't know. the Devonte booker issue the injury anyways clear it up for you a bit a little bit but i mean i don't know that my issue with, with cj anderson was so much who's going to take touches because i don't I, I don't know i guess i, I wasn't really concerned about Devonte booker okay um i just wonder if this this group if this team can run the ball effectively at I, all at all. You know, I just I, – I have so many questions about the Broncos' offense. I mean, one, starting with who's going to be the quarterback. Is it yeah. Trevor Simeon? Is it going to be Paxton Lynch? And I think everything kind of, uh, you know, flows from there. Uh, you know, after what we saw from Devontae Booker last year, I don't know that anybody was really counting on him to be a big factor in what happens this year. Um, you know, there's still the issue of what Jamal Charles can be, whether or not he's going to be – and I know we're going to get to it – the vet report. Um, I just – as much as I really wanted C.J. Anderson to pop last year and it didn't quite happen, um, I, I'm, I'm sort of off this backfield as a whole this year. All right, makes I'm sense to you. me. I'm with uh, you. There, there's a super sleeper there, right? D'Angelo Who? Henderson. D'Angelo Henderson. I was trying to save that one. Oh. Don't give it all away. Okay. <laughs> Let people work for it a little. Super sleeper. <laughs> well, we are, we are the – people. Co- you are the creator of the danger zone. There's people right now taking notes. Yeah, and writing down D'Angelo Henderson. Can you tell me about his game a little bit? He's a he's a true speedster. He's somebody who's you know more of a project. But we've seen with the Broncos, and I know they've had many, many, many coaching changes. It seems like over the last couple of years. But, um, but I think that he's somebody who could come in and make a little bit of an impact. I don't think that they see C.J. Anderson as a long term value. I think that Jamal Charles has some has some uh, injury history, even though he's healthy right now. So the one thing I like about D'Angelo is that he's going to have an opportunity. And, I, and I, I'm going to watch it. I don't necessarily like watching to see, like, well, who's going to play and who's this. If, they, if the Broncos don't sign a veteran, like if they don't feel the need to bring in somebody else, 
then that means to me that they have a lot of confidence in him, that they're going to give him a full run. And I, I truly believe that we'll see enough flashes out of him late in preseason games that his name will be trending on Twitter and people are like, hey, where's the, should I draft him in the 10th round? You're like, ah, well, maybe. But the Broncos, <laughs> but, but like Marcus said, I, there's really nothing concrete about this offense and everything's pure flyer. And this, this is actually kind of like why I like drafting this time of year. It's like, you got to make this call right now. Like, who is going to be the guy? <laughs> and you'll have the glory forever if you take Henderson. Man, I tell you and what. The thing up. about Henderson is he's, he's already 25 years old. So Just, now you're going to age shame him. I mean. That's old for a rookie. You're yeah, maybe. But so is Mike Anderson. I'm also not drafting this guy for the next five years. I know. <laughs> drafting him for this year. That's all that matters. Uh, we'll stay in the AFC West. Cardale Jones. Just because you're not 25 yet and can't rent a car. You got to take it out on poor D'Angelo. Hey man, I'm he's just, just trying to, to he's point just, it out. He said he's a super sleeper. Maybe just, people in dynasty leagues are starting to look at guys like this. Yeah, he's starting. You know what? He just wants to make an NFL roster. <clears throat> I, and hopefully, make an impact. Hopes and dreams, man. Hopes and, and you, dreams, baby. Yeah. And you hate that. You're against it. I am. I don't want anyone to succeed You're ever. <laughs> I hope everyone always anti hope, yes. anti dreams. Uh, this podcast took a dark turn. <laughs> so dour now. Oh, man. All right. Uh, we'll say Let's AFC check in West. with Facebook Live. Yeah, hey, Facebook <laughs> Live. What's up? Uh, Cardale Jones traded to the Chargers. The Chargers gave up a late-round draft pick. Uh, he goes from Buffalo to L.A. I got it right this time. There you go. Oh, my gosh. That's a major weather upgrade for him. <laughs> That's a yeah. major weather upgrade for him. <laughs> um, I did not originally put this in the rundown, but it is now in the rundown. <laughs> well, we don't have to talk about it. In all caps. For whatever reason. Uh, Alex Gelhart. Don't forget that at the end of it, it says, Cardale to the Chargers, this is big news. This is big news. It's in all caps. No, it's so. really not big news. Okay. I just <laughs> I was I, making sure we had, I hadn't missed any other like training camp injuries because I was watching the U.S. Gold Cup victory I see. last night, so I didn't realize go. Flacco was injured. Like I pulled up Twitter later. I was home on my couch, and I see you like, fantasy gods, please, Dixon, Flacco. And I was, I'm like, wait, what? Happened to Flacco? Yeah, no, so. I know. it was the, the injury news was coming hot and heavy, man. It was it was a crazy day yesterday. All right, let's talk about some um, some vets. Let's aging vets. Aging. Wait, vets. you don't want to talk about Cardell? I do not want to talk about Cardell. I like Cardell Jones. I is a good prospect. I think he's a good prospect. And, and by Tony the way, Lynn was his offensive coordinator last year. It's true. Or oh, interim head coach, right? Interim head coach. But. Is that, I don't even know if that's a good thing. I feel like we should take this conversation offline. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing because he's the guy that put him third string. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Just because he wasn't ready to play last year doesn't mean that he's a prospect now. I know, I know. He, he traded was, for him. Big body. If, if, if no one's familiar with Cardell Jones, big body guy. Uh, needs to work on his, uh, his accuracy. But, man, he has a freaking cannon. Um, and it, it and I think it actually pairs well with what you know Philip Rivers does already. Uh, he's a good backup, anyways, for San Diego. So there you go. Uh, let's Los talk- Angeles. Oh man, <laughs> you know what? It's fun because we took him back, <laughs> <laughs> gave him one last chance to screw it up, and he nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, L.A. All right. Should we call? I feel. Like, can we call him the Carson Chargers? Let's call him the Clippers. Let's call them the Carson Chargers. <laughs> they're playing at a Cause, Carson. Because they're LAC. LAC. Well, LAC. It, they the moved from San Diego. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about aging veterans. Uh, we're talking about guys that are just 30, 30 years and up, uh, not 25 years and older. I know franchise. <laughs> that, that's the franchise, that's the oldest. Like, they're the olds. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's 25. Uh, let's go. Do you around. not like Kyrie Irving? Because he's 25. Do you feel like an NBA wow. team's going to Kyrie this Irving is, is 25. You guys are taking this like too far. I feel yeah. like he's been in the league for like a billion years. Yeah, because they come out. They yeah, when they're 18. Play one year and they 
All right. Uh, let's talk about aging vets that will defy father time, a la Larry Fitz. We'll start with uh, the franchise. Do you got an aging veteran uh, on your mind that you think will, again, perform in 2017? You know what? I'm going to go with Antonio Gates here. Okay. Everyone's all on Hunter Henry, and I understand he's a rising, a rising prospect. Yeah. But Antonio Gates in 14 games still saw 93 targets last That's year. That's a lot. That will probably come down. Okay. But uh, not so much where he won't have value in fantasy. Like, even if he his targets regress to maybe 65-70, like he'll, that's still like uh, tight end one value in a twelve team league, mm. right? And and him and Rivers are working on the record books. I think he needs one more touchdown to break the Tony Gonzalez record for tight ends. Uh, and I think he's gonna as long as he's healthy. Healthy, he's thirty seven years old now. <gasps> I think he's gonna remain a big part of that offense. And there's a lot of a lot of wide receivers there, a lot of targets to go around. But I think Gates is the go-to guy in the red zone. And right now, Gates Rivers is a—he's a throwaway pick in drafts. Oh yeah. I mean, you're getting this guy. Oh yeah. Fifteenth round. Mm-hmm. Like, so totally. tight for end, free. Tight end sixteen or something like that. Yeah. Is where he's yeah. Going on average. It's so I would say, you know, even if you miss on the pick. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't hurt you that. There's bad. no risk. Right. There's no risk because there's going to be another tight end that you could probably. I think Deion Sims for Chicago. I think uh, will be a guy that you know if you miss on Gates. Deion Sims will be there. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And what, what drop-off are you really getting there? So yeah, That's true. Uh, I don't hate it. I don't I hate think it. that they're going to go. They're going to try to get Gates the record early. Yeah. I think like week two when they're playing in front of 30,000 Dolphins fans. For sure. <laughs> StubHub Center. <laughs> then it's like, hey, he's got the record. Like, okay, now goodbye. All right. Okay. I wish, you know who I wish would do something like that? The Angels. Like, hey, Pujols got a 600 home run. You can bat him eighth now. Uh-huh. <laughs> or not at all. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Adam Wright, give me an aging vet you believe will defy father time. I didn't know until you had kind of given us a handy list that this young man was 30 years of age. Okay. But Pierre Garçon, I'm all about this season. I think in the my, or excuse me, the Kyle Shanahan offense yes. in San Francisco that I think, of course, that team is going to struggle, but the offense will not. They're going to be in a position where they're going to be throwing the ball an absolute ton. And, you know, Poyer and Barkley are serviceable. They – they took a guy. Like they they did well last year for uh, Cam Meredith and and Alshon Jeffrey, and so I think that they they're they're good enough quarterbacks to make this guy an effective an effective weapon. And and finding number one receivers is not you know that's that's where I like to lean. You know. Uh, because a lot of people will go after the two guy or anything. Well, number like one receivers in in a high volume in a high volume team. offense right. of a, with a terrible off or, or a bad yeah. team, but the offense should be good enough. And I think that Pierre Garçon is is highly uh, undervalued, and he's somebody who could definitely fl- – he's going to flirt with the top ten. I, You know, I'll say – A he, flirt with a top wow. ten finish? Yeah, he'll uh, – 100%. Yowza. That's in fantasy points. Yes, bro. That's easy. We'll see. That's I don't even think that's a bold. I don't even think that's a bold proclamation. <laughs> yes, it is. He'll be a top about? top tennis receiver. It's not going to be a top. I don't want to be harangued if he finishes eleventh. <laughs> you I, will be. I, I think. <laughs> I actually think it would have been a, a bold call to say he would flirt with a top twenty finish. I don't think that's bold at all. Now nah, you're being ridiculous. Okay. All right. Uh, he's got a value in it's the mid nineties. <laughs> I want the mild salsa, please. Mid nineties. I want the pace Pick. mild. On fantasy football calculator, uh, last year he had a thousand and forty-one yards, three touchdowns. Though the ten forty-one was the second most of his career, and so he's only up. the second one thousand-yard season in his illustrious nine-year career. Now he goes to San Francisco. He goes to Kyle Shanahan. I don't particularly. I, I won't be investing in All the right, 
I will not be investing in Pierre Garcon. Okay, fine. And like I said, I think a top twenty. It's not going to hurt. Don't act like you're going to hurt my feelings. Fine, I'll draft him. I'm happy. Right. Don't invent. I, I encourage MG, all of my guy, Marcus Grant, give me an aging vet you believe will perform in 2017. All right, can I can I take a guy that's not on this list? Of course. Put out? Um, so Michael Crabtree turns 30 like two weeks into the season. Okay. Count? Are we counting uh, that? Does it have to be before nope. week one? Sure, it counts. All right. He's, he's like, 29 right now. Like mid- I don't know. He turns, his, he turns 30 in mid-September. Okay. He's literally it's like a couple weeks into the season. It's right, his age enough. 30 season. Right, correct. Okay. Um. And I know everybody. Everybody's waiting for Amari Cooper to hit that ceiling to be the guy that that we all believe he can be. Okay. Uh, in the interim, Michael Crabtree's been maybe the better fantasy receiver. He has, has been outscored him, <laughs> like, like, yeah. for sure. You know, he's outscored been, him straight up. He's kind of been the better guy in that yeah. offense the last couple of years. Right. For all the all the great athletic things that Amari Cooper can do. Right. When the Raiders need to move the football, when they've got to pick up first downs. Derek Carr is looking in Michael Crabtree's direction. He's the guy who's kind of that possession receiver. He's the chain mover. He's not. I know it's not. I know it's not sexy, but he gets the football. He he's got really quality hands, and he also gets more red zone look. I don't. I don't know why Amari Cooper doesn't get looked at in the red zone, but he just doesn't. And yeah, so Michael weird. Michael Crabtree gets some of those looks there, and so I, I don't see why this changes this year. Um, even even if Amari Cooper has a big season, I, I just don't know how Michael Crabtree still doesn't end up with a thousand receiving yards and somewhere hanging around that top fifteen again. All right, Michael Crabtree right now on Fantasy Football Calculator has an ADP uh, in the fifties, so you can get him in the fifth or sixth round of your fantasy drafts. Uh, Alex Gelhar, give me an aging veteran that you believe will be better than anticipated in 2017. Uh, well, one guy who isn't on this list who just want to give a shout-out to is uh, my boy Jordy Nelson. I think he's going to turn 32 this year. Okay. Uh, and also, fun stat I discovered yesterday. Over the last three seasons he's played with Rodgers, just counting the games in 2013 they played together because Rodgers missed seven with that broken collarbone. Nelson averages about 28.6% of the red zone targets Whoa. from, from Rodgers. Wow. That seems high. That's, That's a lot. Uh, That's number. a lot. So he should be still be pretty solid this year. But Homer, uh, Homer pick. Another guy I wanted to shout out, though, that's not on this list, is the aging jitterbug Darren Sproles. Ooh. Who okay. could get a lot of work catching passes in Philadelphia. They've yeah. got LeGarrette Blunt for that early down roll after that. Who knows? Wendell Smallwood, maybe. Ryan Matthews probably getting cut. Yeah, he is. Meanwhile, Sproles put up, especially in PPR format, Sproles put up a decent season last year. He's probably going to be a lock for about 50-some catches. I don't hate Wouldn't it. be surprised if he got 100-ish carries, too, and he'll just have one of those very quietly solid but unspectacular years, and you can get him for basically free in drafts. I agree yeah. with that. All right, I like it. Uh, flip side of this coin, a vet that could completely fall off, and we've seen it in football so often, uh, where a guy gets, I mean, he's he's chugging along, chugging along, chugging along, and you start to see a little bit of rust, but then that next season just completely falls off the cliff. Uh, Adam Rank, we'll start with you. Give me an aging vet that you believe has some serious red flags. Carson Palmer. Okay. Is that too easy? No, it's not too easy. No, because I, I think we saw at the end of last year, or even it's the entire season, he just wasn't playing very well. And I think that he's one of those players who had a, a, a fine window, and the Cardinals could not get it done. You know, it was, he retired. I mean, it seems so long ago when he retired. Right? I, I know he really just <laughs> didn't want to play for the Bengals anymore, and who can blame him. But he still had a couple years with the Raiders and then went to Arizona. And then he's battled injuries, and he's somebody. And it, it really kind of frightens me for 
the majority of the Arizona offense, perhaps maybe not David Johnson, of course, who would still be a top three pick even yeah. if Drew Stanton was the quarterback. Yeah. But for Carson Palmer, because you're always looking for late-round late, late round quarterbacks and somebody you can rely, rely yeah. on. And I Carson Palmer was that guy for me last year. Yeah. And it sucked. <laughs> it was not good. It was well, not it's because fun. two years ago he had – He was so great. He was great. And Bruce Arians is there. And now MVP, you're – MVP candidate two years ago. 100, yeah, 100%. And now – um, even with Bruce Arians, um, he's getting older and he's had a lot of health concerns. And you're like, how long is he going to be around? Yeah. I mean, is this one of those things where it's their last hurrah and they play really well and they make it another extended run in the playoffs? Or is it it's their last hurrah and they go 4-12? and 12? And I could see it going that way. So that – I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it scares me enough to be like, yeah, I don't want to – I don't want to deal with anybody outside of David Johnson. Right. So and so we're talking about John Brown. We're talking about Larry Fitzgerald, guys who I mean, if John are Brown makes irrelevant. A, yeah. And if John Brown takes a ridiculous tumble, you're like, okay, fine. I will. I think we got pushed in that when we did the 14 team mm-hmm. mock draft. You're like, all right, now we're being ridiculous about John Brown. I'm going to take him here. But yeah, even though I, I just I see the Cardinals, I like it taking a step. I I could see that benefiting the Seahawks. You know, the Seahawks just kind of cruising. It's been so competitive in the NFC West for a couple of years now. Because right. even with the Rams not playing as well, they were competitive and they were really Super good. Competitive. They were really good in the division too. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. Um well that defense, man. Of course. And so uh, I think this could be an easy year for the for the Seahawks and Arizona concerns me. Okay. Uh, Matt Franciscovich, give me an aging vet you believe could have a precipitous fall. So you put in the notes uh, and is being overdrafted. So I went with that, and I'm going to go Marshawn Lynch. Oh, I see. A vet that could completely fall off and is being completely yeah. overdrafted. Right. So Marshawn You Lynch, believe Marshawn is being overdrafted. Yeah, he's being drafted as the 12th running back off the board right now, which okay. I think is a little lower than maybe a week or two ago. I think we talked about this. But there seems to be two sides of the Marshawn Lynch argument. Okay. Some people think he's going to be a stud, like lead the league in rushing touchdowns. How could he not in an offense like Oakland? And then there's the other side of the coin that's like, yeah, but they have DeAndre Washington. They have Jalen Richard. Marshawn Lynch hasn't played in an entire year. The last time we saw him, his body was broken down. Uh, I just don't think you can invest technically a a second-round pick in a guy like Lynch this year and just – have him as your RB1. I understand. I want him to do well, but everyone I, wants him to do well. Like That's I why love, he's everyone line. loves beast mode, you know, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. I just, I don't see him being an RB1 in fantasy this year just because of all those things adding up. That's, you know, Greg Rosenthal had a tweet yesterday too saying it, what his tweet was basically along the lines of it's weird how the fantasy community is treating Marshawn Lynch like this is 2014 Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. But my, I think my counter to that was not really because if this was 2014 Marshawn Lynch behind pick. this offensive line, he'd be a top five pick, man. Yeah, sure. So, And I think that's why he's – what we're seeing now is him going in the late second, early third round. It also makes me sad that it makes me feel like Rosie isn't listening to our podcast. <laughs> Marcus, nobody listens to our podcast <laughs> in, this, in this building. In this building. Let's we love that. all our loyal listeners of outside course. this building. No, no, no. Right. We've got – there's a nice yeah. fan base. <clears throat> In the building? Not here now. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, who's I like- could start dropping a string of F-bombs. Yes. And nobody would know inside this building until somebody tweeted them. I was like, as, like long hey. as, as long as nobody tattletailed on you. <laughs> that would be the only way. Because there's like, like even there's a, there's a guy in here uh, who listens to all the pod, or listens to most of the podcasts because he doesn't listen to ours. And yeah. I won't call him out, but his name rhymes with Mark Brady. And <laughs> he's kind of, 
in charge of all the podcasts. And he doesn't even listen to this one. He will go through every second of every podcast except for this one. And it's like, I'll give him a – if he's listening, I'll give him a I dollar. Can't, come, can't. To my, come to my desk. I will give you a dollar if you hear this. I will phone And I swear – and I swear if one of you tell – and, you know, actually, these people have been cool. These people. These people. <laughs> I've turned full wrestling people. You people don't understand. That's when you know the wrestlers made the change. Like, you people don't respect me. Good. You don't like bald people or whatever. Um, no, because I – nobody narked when I, when, I, uh, when I put Harmon up for The Bachelor. Did we ever – did he ever get a, a bite on that? I don't think so. Damn it. Um, so nobody narked on that. So you guys are cool. But yeah, if, if Mark Brady is literally listening to this, I will hand him a dollar out of my own wallet or out of Alex's if he leaves it on his desk. Actually, Dylan, one of our producers, always leaves his wallet on his desk. I'll think of it from Dylan's Good. wallet. Um, I don't even know what the point is. I don't know either. Marshawn. Okay. Yes. Marshawn I think people are drafting, are, are viewing Marshawn yeah. like they were viewing Latavius Murray. They're just assuming right. he's going to have Latavius Murray's production. It's I think not that's like, fair. No, thousand doing, yards? It's he had eight to ten touchdowns? 40, that's good. 40 I love, red zone carries? I mean, the, uh, yes, that's valuable, but. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And I, I don't think that we're, we're wrong. Like, I don't think we're far off yeah. from what we're saying. I think that the Around the League podcast likes to just make these narratives and, like, because two of them came from the fantasy community. Yeah. So yeah. they like to be like, you fantasy idiots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not always us. And, like, listen, do you, do you want to go through your making the leap candidates from last year? Because you guys aren't the same thing. Oh, it's like, you, you guys aren't always right either. Like, so don't act like we're some rubes who don't understand I've had, football. No, I've I, had good discussions with Wes about this sometimes. I love them. No, and I, I'm not disparaging any of them. I, I – I have great affection for all of them. It's okay, it's a general okay. thing, real quick aside, that yeah, like football writers yes. use fantasy as a just the whipping horse in you know the media NFL coverage. You're like, oh, well, fantasy guys said this, but come on, look, like when we, you're in the business of having to project and forecast everything, you're inherently going to be wrong. You're not going to be right in a completely unpredictable game. But right. let's never forget that it's Andy, hard Andy to Benoit said Joseph future. Randall should be a top twelve top twelve pick, top twelve, oh, top twelve. Gosh. Anyways. He had a three touchdowns in that one game. Back to veterans. That's true. Uh, rant over. All right. Good. Um, <laughs> I don't even – where do we leave off? Uh, Marshawn. <laughs> he was Ma- crushing Marshawn Lynch. Was. I wasn't <laughs> crushing him. He said, I love Marshawn Lynch. He said he's going to be a bust. I'm just <laughs> avoiding him at his ADP because he's old and being overdrafted. That's uh, all I'm saying. Uh, aging veteran. <laughs> MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, that could completely fall off the cliff this year. Uh, I was going to go with Matt Forte, but I feel like that's <gasps> sort of not fair. Not only is he the GOAT, we shall mention also him. my best friend. I also thought that was part of the reason. That's so I, instead, I'm going to go Brandon Marshall. Um, okay. You know, I, I think everybody just assumes that he's going to elbow Sterling Shepard out of the way for all these extra targets, and I'm not, I'm not totally sure about that. Um you know, we're talking about a guy who is, what, he's 33 years old. Yeah. He's kind of been around the league for a little while. I think he will certainly get some maybe extra looks in the red zone, but I don't know that he walks into a number two role uh, in this offense. I add to it that right now he's coming off the board ahead of some guys like Golden Tate, uh, you know, Dante Moncrief, Larry Fitzgerald, Willie Sneed, Stephon Diggs, guys who I think will earn a larger target share in their respective offenses that seem – 
maybe not guaranteed, but certainly on track for a larger target share in their respective offenses. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I could spend a late fifth round pick on Brandon Marshall when some of those other guys are still hanging around out there. He's a top sixty pick on Fantasy Football Calculator. Uh, I was going to say Marshall I will, too. I would take no piece. So of that. I'll just chime in. Last year he posted the lowest catch rate of his career and the second lowest touchdown total. He saw over over almost one hundred and thirty targets too which is a number he'll be hard-pressed to get in New York with right. Sterling Shepard there, Evan Ingram, Odell Beckham commanding a ton. And on top of that, like, yeah, you could point to his quarterback play last year being subpar. But I don't know if anybody watched Eli Manning the last, like, six games of the year when he averaged six yards per attempt and five yards adjusted per attempt. He couldn't get Those it out. are Brock Osweiler numbers. <laughs> yeah, he like, get I, it out I'm there. not exaggerating. Like, if you, those were his numbers for the season, he would have been on par with Brock Osweiler. Yeah. And also, when it – the, obviously the Jets did not have great quarterback play, but one thing that the quarterbacks that did play for them threw it to Brandon Marshall a lot every a lot. time. Yeah. Forced it. So that's why that's why Fitzpatrick had so many interceptions because he always was forcing the right. ball to Marshall, which was great because I had Marshall on one of my teams. That'll contribute to a bad catch rate is if a lot of passes are getting thrown at you that are getting intercepted. But like, but he's not. But he's not going to get. But I no. agree with you. But he's not going to get those targets. Uh, I would. I would be baffled if he got 130 targets. Oh, there's no way. I say Sterling Shepard gets more targets. I think Shepard's a a nice sleeper. There was an article the other day on NFL.com where he was quoted saying, I'm excited to have Brandon Marshall here because it's him and OBJ on the outside are going to open things up for me and Evan Ingram on we talked the about, Yeah, we talked about that on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Or and, last Thursday and, or whatever. And the, the Giants ran more three-wide sets than, than anybody. Yeah. That's like, their whole offense. That was the majority of their plays last year were three-wide right. sets and four-wide sets. So Shepard's going to be out there. I, I love – I'm with you. Yeah. I, I love Shepard this yeah. season. And uh, he's not old enough to rent a car, so you would also <laughs> – And you could get him <laughs> super late. <laughs> so franchise Give me a break. Franchise yeah. loves him. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> hey, did you ever own a Nintendo? Yeah. No, I love you. Yes, good, perfect. Uh, Brandon Marshall with a top 60 man. pick is, to me, baffling. Yeah. Baffling. I just I can't see this guy living up to that price tag. At 33 years old, we saw the, the wheels come off last year. Yeah. I just, man, to me, no way am I touching Brandon Marshall with a top 60 pick. That is insanity to me. And I get it, too. Two years ago, we're talking about a guy that put up 1,500 yards um, and, what was it, 15 touchdowns? Something yeah, crazy. Yeah, like 14, a, a crazy amount of touchdowns. Right. Uh, and, and so that wasn't, you know, that was recent memory, and I understand that, but no way <laughs> do I see. I, you, we, we mentioned Sterling Shepard. We mentioned OBJ. Although I do think it's a little bit uh, – Am I am I in the am I the only person in the room that is scared that Brendan Marshall might actually detract from OBJ's value a little bit? No. Yes, you are. Nah. No way. Okay. No, you're the only you're one. The, scared. No, 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 I'm the only one in that. You're the only one, one thinks scared. That. No, I know. I know. Yes, yes. I know. I know. I, and I know that's a, a little bit. You know. Listen, like Brandon Marshall, like, listen, you're gonna go do inside the NFL on Tuesday nights. Come out here, take a couple of photos in that Giants uniform. We'll throw you a couple of passes, but. You know this is Odell Beckham Jr.'s team. Like, let's be real. Just, you just turn this into, like, a no-show job for Brandon Marshall? Like, 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 he's, it, like he's a big-time college quarterback or something? Uh, it happens. Like, it happens to the receivers where you're like, oh, this guy will play forever, and then they fall off. It reminds me of, like, Keenan McCardell when he was with the Chargers. You're like, gosh, if he has another season like the last one, and I forget what his last – like, his last productive season, you're like, this guy could be flirting Hall with the Hall of Fame. Fame. And yeah. then the next year he just – 
disappeared, and he was just mid thirties. You know. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. So <laughs> <laughs> we talked about good sound effect there. That's great. Uh, we talked about some notable vets uh, that could defy father time. We talked about some notable vets that could completely fall off. But let's talk about some big name veterans that uh, again are kind of getting up there uh, in terms of age. Larry Fitzgerald, thirty three years old, had a hundred and seven receptions. Last year, a thousand yards, six touchdowns. Uh, Adam Rank, I know that, that you're led the NFL, right? One hundred and seven receptions. Second, was he second behind? I think he led the NFL. He led the NFL. That's what's so crazy. It was kind of a lo- it was kind of a depressed year for receptions and targets because I think the target leader was like twenty thirty off with Mike Evans, Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah. from what used to be the tops. Because yeah. what Mike Evans so had like one hundred sixty five or something. One hundred seventy four. Okay, seventy two. Yeah. So that means crazy to yeah. think about. The Cardinals had David Johnson, who was otherworldly compared to other fantasy players. And then Larry Fitzgerald also chipped in with 107 receptions. He was great in PPR. I don't know if that says anything about the rest of the supporting cast or – or what have you? Uh, do you uh, you talked you touched on it briefly there, uh, talking about you know Carson Palmer in Arizona, but uh, large concern for Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I mean, there is. I mean, and I'm doing this relative to where his his value is, yeah. where his ADP is going, and when you play in leagues, with, he's got an ADP in the mid 70s, by the way. Yeah, well, that still seems. But everybody who's doing those leagues now are quote unquote sharps. Yeah. So I think he falls a little bit, but I think when you get to more casual players, he's going to go off the board. Okay. Sooner, and I think that if you are, you know, if you're you're new to the game or you're more cat, and that which is cool, man. We want you on board and having fun, hundred percent, and doing all that stuff. You know, let somebody else take a risk on that. I love Larry Fitzgerald. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, no I think doubt he's about one it. of the best receivers ever 100%, seen. But yeah. I think that unless he tumbles a little bit further in your draft, that I would there's other guys I would rather if he gets into in. round eleven. 100 percent. Yeah, no doubt. Then you're fine. All right, there you go. Uh, Can we talk about Jamal Charles? 30 years old. God, I feel like this guy's been in the league a long time, but 30 years old. Um, You know, I I was looking into Jamal Charles. I forgot. I mean, of course, we knew about him being hurt last year, right? I forgot that he was hurt for almost all of 2015 as well. It's been uh, it's been two full seasons since we've seen Jamal Charles. Uh, be healthy, played three games last year, had 12 total carries, and he played five games in 2015. He opens camp reportedly healthy. He is a top 100 player on Fantasy Football Calculator, and I think the news of Devontae Booker will only help his value. Um, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, your thoughts on on Jamal Charles? Uh, I'm scared. Um, you know, it's... You're talking about a guy who's had, you know, a couple major knee injuries in his career. Uh, you mentioned that he's played a total of eight games uh, in the last two seasons. Eight games. Eight in the last two seasons. That's right. Um, I, I don't know. It just, you know, I, I know part of when, when you hear from athletes, especially who've gone through major knee injuries like this, uh, even if physically everything is sound, so many of them will tell you that, that part of it is just mentally trusting that injury. That's great after, after having spent that much time away, um, you know, obviously, I don't. I don't know how Jamal Charles is is thinking about this. I don't know how he's feeling mentally about it. But y- you wonder, you know, if he has that sort of consternation, is he going to get the opportunities enough to kind of work through it? Especially with C.J. Anderson there. You know, whenever Devontae Booker potentially comes back, is he going to get enough love? Is he going to get enough looks to actually work through this and look like the former Jamal Charles? And you know, for that reason, I I don't know that I would touch him in a draft. I don't know if anybody is, but I certainly wouldn't. That's interesting. I I kind of I kind of like where he's going. Well, this is I was if he gonna, goes in the eleventh round, right? And, and knowing that Devonte Booker won't be there to start the season, 
And and again, I know his you know his health is fragile, but I don't know. This I don't is, hate it. I'm s- viewing this as like the same way we viewed Arian Foster going into last year. Okay. But Arian Foster's ADP was in like the fifth round. Or yeah, something. it was, it was something crazy. Yeah, so it was crazy. where Charles is now, yeah, maybe you can take a flyer on him. Hundred percent. But I want to see him on the field in training camp in a preseason game. See what he looks like. See I generally if, see avo- if his knees work. Honestly, I generally avoid you know aging players like this. You know, obviously two seasons just obliterated by injury. But yeah. I just I don't know what it is. It's just I I think the offense can be okay. Um, I think the talent level is certainly there if he's healthy. And again, just the price tag that you're paying yeah. in the eleventh round, I'll, I'll 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 sign up for Jamal Charles there. Why not? If it's lightning in a bottle, great. And if it's not, what the hell do I care? I'll cut bait and, and move on to somebody else. But I, I don't hate the pick there uh, if you're going to get him in the 11th or 12th. Okay, so you're the, looking at the bargain bin at the back of Ralph's. So how, how, this, how long this you, loaf of bread, the, perhaps a week old? The manager's sure. special. But man. it's 50 cents. But, so how long do you hang on to him, though, to figure out if you've caught that lightning in a bottle? Because it's got to be more than one week, right? right. So, I mean, are you hanging on to him for a month? Because yes. then you've, you've pretty much locked up that roster right. spot for a month and that, waiting it, for him to pop. And that is the thing, right? And we've talked about Where's it on this podcast, to too. Oh. <laughs> too soon. Boo, boo this man. Too no soon. chill. <laughs> Oh, man. Sorry. Uh, We've talked about it on this podcast before, too, right? Like, if you're, you know, investing a a deep sleeper pick on a guy, don't bail on him after a week. So you're right. If I'm going to spend an 11th round pick on Jamal Charles, I'm waiting at least three weeks to see if there's anything there. You're right. Yeah. You're 100% just, right. And just for context, guys going in the same range, C.J. Procise, James White, Darren Sproles we talked about, Jeremy Hill. Mm. These guys all have way more upside, I would I would say, than Jamal Charles. That's interesting. And less risk. I, I, th- I would agree with Procise. Jeremy Hill, you think? More upside? Touch, yeah, for the touchdowns. Yeah, okay. All right, there you go. Uh, we'll move on. Let's talk about Adrian Peterson, 32 years old. Uh, he played three games last year, coming off of a meniscus tear of his own. In 2015, though, we're talking about a guy that had 1,700 total yards and 11 total touchdowns. He was an absolute monster in 2015, as we've seen so often in Adrian Peterson's career. But now he's in New Orleans. Uh, Alex Gilhar, I want to get your thoughts on AP there. I don't know, man. Like this is so we haven't. It's this is such a hard one to figure out because like we don't know anything about this situation right now. We don't know how Adrian Peterson has bounced back from his devastating leg injury last year. We don't know how the split's going to happen between him and Mark Ingram. We don't know like New England, New Orleans has been one of the past happiest teams in the last several years. Even as Breeze gets up there in age, we don't know if they're going to switch and suddenly start handing off more and going to even more of a power running scheme. So I wish I had more information for you, but I don't. <laughs> and this, back, this backfield drives me crazy. Um, your lukewarm response, despite it being so passionate, uh, on Adrian Peterson, I think is a little bit uh, is a little bit rare in fantasy because a lot of managers are like, no absolute hard pass on AP in New Orleans. And then there are certain guys, you know, Evan Silva comes to mind. He's cautiously optimistic. I mean, he's going about AP for the 4.08. He's going at the eighth pick in the fourth round on average in 12 team drafts. He's going in the fourth round in 12 teamers. No. Yes. No, I I'd pass on that. Oh, yes. No he's way. going 4.08. Nope. Ingram's going oh. two rounds later. That's a hard pass for me. Like, See, but right, I, it's all the ADP. I keep coming back to the fact that 
you're going to have to reach for running backs because people are panicked right now because nobody knows what to expect. And so people are, people are I think, are, are opting for the safety of familiar names, which is, you know, okay. how you get Marshawn Lynch right now in the second round of 12-teamers. It's how you get Adrian Peterson in the fourth round of 12-teamers. Because Frank Gore's going in the I seventh round. There's, there's, so, there's so much uncertainty at the position. People are literally just reaching for somebody they think can give them something. Right. Yeah. So, like, at some point, like, you can't look – I just don't think you can look at an RB ADP and be like, ew, gross, I don't want it. That's the price now. I don't know. That's the price. Like, <laughs> like when you I, see a I, Bud Light for 12 bucks, right? And you're like, this yeah. sucks. Gross, <laughs> but I'm going to pay it anyway. Um, I play it. Okay, the, the thing is, though, like, <laughs> Peterson is in some sort of committee here. Like, Kamara's going to catch some passes. Yeah. Like, they're Mark still Ingram. paying Ingram unless he's a surprise <clears throat> training camp cut. They're not going to just feed Peterson 250 carries. So, like, if you're taking somebody in a clear committee, like I just said, I mean, even Frank Gore, who's not in a committee, is going in the seventh round. Danny Woodhead's going in the seventh round. Right. Jonathan yeah. Stewart's going in the eighth round. Matt Forte, Terrence West, Thomas Rawls going in the ninth round. Like, Jeremy Hill in the tenth. Why would you sink a fourth-round pick into that guy, even if he is all-world amazing player of the past, Adrian Peterson? Like, who knows what's going to happen this year? Like, that's just not smart drafting when you could get something that's very likely equitable Three to six to seven rounds later. I agree. Well, Jamal Charles is in the exact same situation. Is he not? And he's going in the 11th and Peterson's going in the 4th. That's – Like, I understand your point, Marcus, about reaching for running backs at times, but, like, my God, is that a steep price to pay for a guy in an obvious committee that we, that we don't know the first sure split of. And, and again, it's, the, it's a completely different offense than he's used to running. You know what I mean? So – I don't know, man. I just, oh, God, I'll pass on that. Uh, by the way, Frank Gore, 34 years old. Drew Brees, 38. Philip Rivers, 35. Oh. The great Tom wait, Brady. Wait, how old is Drew Brees? He's going to be 38 years old, yeah. He is 38 years old. Uh, Philip Rivers is an old 35, man. Yeah, 35. He has taken some monster hits over the last few years. But uh, Tom Brady, 39 years old, just just an old by, by the, the way, way. Speaking of Rivers, to bring it back full circle from Cardale, uh, shout out to Will Brinson of CBS who had my favorite tweet on the matter last night that the uh, Chargers just signed a backup quarterback who has fewer uh, NFL attempted passes than Philip Rivers has children. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well done. Oh. If you don't follow man. Will Brinson on Twitter, well fix that. He's great for news and analysis. No, and, he's good. And his jokes are no, he's great. I love on him. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. All right, let's close out with a round of Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hub. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps and uh, by the way, I'm, I'll, I'll be remiss in not at least saying hello to the Facebook Live people. I know there have been some audio issues today, but Billy Mitchell, uh, we welcome you in. Uh, Corey Lemon, uh, we welcome you in. Who asked? We'll, we'll answer this one question. How about that? David Johnson or Lev Bell at the top of your draft, non-PPR? Uh, who do you guys got? I, to me, it's a coin flip. I, I don't know. That's why he's asking. Yeah, D- no. D- I'm know. DJ. Does anyone, does anyone have a strong opinion either way? No. Not really, but yeah. I'm, I'm a DJ guy. I think I currently have Bell as my number one. I would I go with Levy on Bell. Yeah, me too. I will, I'm David it, Johnson. Okay. When it com- I don't know. It probably we helped him. Zero percent. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, no, it's I mean, majority well, love. Hey, Bell. Three, to, three to two. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Majority love Bell. There you go. Boom. Uh, all right, let's talk about daily taps. We'll go around the horn. Alex Gilhar, give me. Your daily. Uh, first off, I mentioned it earlier, uh, daily daps to the U.S. men's national team for gold becoming Gold Cup champions uh, last night. They beat Jamaica 2-1. to one. 
solid performance overall, and uh, it was good. To they had see to come from behind on that one, no? No, they were out in front. The Jamaica tied it, and they scored a late goal to there get the victory. Okay. Uh, Jordan Morris, Josie Altador both had great shots for the win, so it was good to see the team get that W and get a little momentum leading into the World Cup next year. Second daily dap is to the man in North Carolina who robbed a bank for $1 to get arrested so he could go to jail and get health care and a roof over his head. Oh, my goodness. Really? It is the craziest story. It's on NPR. Wow. Uh, He was out of work, and he had a couple medical problems, so he uh, went into the bank, handed the teller a note that said, this is a bank robbery. Please only give me $1, and then he waited for the police. And uh, in his explaining why, he said uh, he's hoping for a three-year sentence. Uh, He'd then be able to collect social security and uh ha- handle his uh, medical issues that he's got a couple he's of. hoping for a three-year sentence yes holy hell so like that's just it's a crazy story that like that's a loophole in the american system right now but that it has to be that somebody's like holy crap i don't have health care or anything i should rob a bank to go to jail to get the treatment and stuff that i need so wow, it's wow, an interesting wow. it's an interesting story like so, shout out to that guy for being uh he's, he's an older gentleman he's 59 like for being creative, but like it's a new Breaking Jesus. Bad spinoff. It's a new Breaking Bad spinoff. Yeah, oh, he had a, a growth on his chest and two ruptured discs, uh, but he's out of work and has no insurance, so he's he's going to jail to get taken care of. Hmm. Interesting. All right, uh, what do you got, franchise? Uh, yeah, I got two daily daps today. First, I'm gonna daily daps uh, the Heim video music video for "Want You Back." You know Heim the. They're three sisters, is that trio. I thought it was Haim. I have no idea. It's ha- it's like time, Haim. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, the music video, though, is super simple. It's the three girls walking down an abandoned Ventura Boulevard. It's one single camera shot the whole way, and it's just them walking and doing really dorky dance moves. But I couldn't look away. <laughs> I just couldn't look away, and the song is really good, too. All right. Uh, and I'm also going to daps this feature on Spotify called Behind the Lyrics. I don't know if you guys have Spotify on your phones. I do not. But if it's available on Android and, and iPhone now, too. Um, you pull up a song and you're playing if it's like a more popular mainstream song. Okay. They have this thing called Behind the Lyrics and it comes up as you're looking at your phone and it gives you some of the lyrics as you're listening to the song and then it gives you tidbits about the meaning behind the song or what's going on with the with the artist or what inspired them to write this album or whatever and it's really informative and you can learn a lot of awesome tidbits about your favorite artist. So next time you're listening to a song on your phone on Spotify, Look a little closer, you'll see the thing come up, and you might learn something. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Uh, a couple of daily daps. One, uh, June Foray, who passed away this morning, I believe, uh, who you probably don't know her name or her face, but you know her voice if you watched any Looney Tunes, because uh, any non-Mel Blank voice was probably her. Uh, a ton of cartoon voices. She was Natasha from uh, the Bullwinkle and Rocky show. Um, just go through her IMDb page and you'll see all sorts of stuff that you probably grew up with and remember uh, from your childhood. So she was just a couple months away from turning 100 uh, Ooh, and, damn. and passed away. Uh, also, daily daps to my sister because uh, her birthday is on Saturday. Um, nice. Not that, nice. She's ever, not that she's going to hear this, but uh, happy <laughs> birthday to you and uh, your <laughs> gift is in the mail. We will talk soon. Love you. Ah, uh, great. The great Adam Rank hit me. Thank you so much. Uh, shout out or daps, whatever we're doing. Yeah, it's I, not a daily shout out. Daily shout outs to daily Mike Clay. Hey, I know that you love strength of schedule stuff. Yes. Mike Clay put out a strength of schedule based on actual rosters. Okay. And not on the way the teams finished last year. Okay. So if you want to check that out, he tweeted it out this morning, which I is like Thursday it. morning. 
Uh, the Cowboys have the toughest schedule, according to his opponent, according to their opponents, and based on their roster construction. Um, the Ravens, who we were talking about earlier in the show, come in seventh, seventh easiest, seventh easiest, and the Bengals have the easiest. Okay. So apparently, those two games against the Browns and the Steelers D and everything like that probably helps out. So uh, that was some nice work. I still, again, the NFL is so volatile. Still take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt, but whatever. Okay. Uh, shout out to Norm McDonald. His uh, he's got a. I don't know how you. It's not really a podcast, but I guess it is because it's on YouTube. It's a YouTube live stream okay. that he does. Uh, he had an interview with David Letterman. I haven't been able to get through all of it, but it's amazing. Norm and David together again for the first time on YouTube. Uh, it's great stuff, and Dave's beard is just in its glory. Just there. His retirement beard? His retirement beard is pretty strong. Okay, good. And speaking of comedians who are on retirement, John Stewart announced this week that he will have a stand-up special. Coming up very soon, which is uh, which is great news. Uh, I've always enjoyed his stand-up, and I really became a fan of his. Uh, number one, I used to work at the Irvine Improv uh, with their staff, and I really loved his stand-up because it was hilarious. He was also part of an animated series called Dr. Cats, and if you have the, the means to go out and search this out, I think you can find some of the clips on YouTube as well. Uh, it's a little different. It's not necessarily going to be for everybody. And uh, the great H. John Benjamin is the voice of Dr. Katz's son. So that's also very good. So you hear Sterling Archer as a young man uh, <laughs> messing with his dad, who's the psychiatrist. It, Dr. Katz is another Dr. Comic. Katz is, is great. It really is uh, worth, your, worth your while going and seeking out. Um, and we talked a little bit, too, uh, at the top of the show where you were talking about some of the veterans and any time you say a player's name during this time of year, you're always a little bit worried that is somebody – is he injured? Like, what's going on? Uh-huh. We're going to talk to Marshall. Why? What happened? You know, you have that kind of reaction. Yesterday on Twitter, or Wednesday on Twitter, Ric Flair was trending. And yeah. you're like, oh, God. I know. Sarn it. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, no. But no, it was good news. No, it was good news yeah. because his 30 for 30 is coming out. Uh, that is going to be amazing. That's coming out in November. I, I can only – I can only imagine how good it'll be because really we we didn't see the best parts of Ric Flair's career because first of all he's way older than all of us. Okay, um, he was in a regional type of thing, the NWA, which bled into WCW. Was I, I didn't have a lot of exposure to it. You kind of I would get the wrestling mags because I always had bad allergies as a kid, and where we played Little League Baseball was at the bottom of the riverbed, the Santa Ana Riverbed uh-huh. out there in Corona, California. So I would get, like, some nasty sinus infection. And my mom would go out and buy, like, all these mad magazines and Pro Wrestling Illustrated and all that stuff for me to read because, heaven forbid, I do actual schoolwork. It's like, you're <laughs> sick, bro. Like, you're not doing schoolwork. Um, okay. So so that's how I knew who Ric Flair was, and then he showed up in the WWE, and you're oh, like, oh, my God. Um, so this will be interesting to see a lot of his early career stuff and hopefully yeah. go in and do a deep dive. And, of course, uh, yeah, it's crazy because he's to millennials. He's he's almost just become a meme guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's the woo guy. Yeah, he's the woo guy. And by the way, people, stop trying to appropriate that Mark Gubazon, who is the Angels color commentator yeah. for the last two years, at least two years. OK, we have been using Ric Flair memes. It has been our thing. It's on Twitter. I have a. A fair enough of a following to be like, okay, you might have seen it once. Don't start ripping it like the Astros are doing it now. Like Astros, like stop. I know that it's it's fun for you to be relevant for a change. Oh. But stop stealing 
our stuff. There's no need for wouldn't, that. Wouldn't be the first time. You know? That's so, uh, stuff inappropriately. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh-huh. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay. okay. It was subtle. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's also a 16-time world champion, and I'm scared because John Cena uh-huh. now has 16 world championships. He does? And he came out on Tuesday night, and oh, he, no. he went after Jinder Mahal, and you're like, well, here it goes. But thankfully, Daniel Bryan had the wherewithal. Okay, they did the right say, thing. He said, dude, you just don't get to come out here and demand a title shot. you got to face Nakamura. Okay. Now, the wrestling mark in me, who loved Nakamura from Japan, is hoping that my- – Nakamura just nerfs him okay. and kicks his ass into retirement to the Today Show or whatever he's going to go do. So but we know that's not, to, that's, huh. not, that's not good. He's going to beat Nakamura. So I think that they, on the way to him getting that 17th title, they're like, how can we piss off the Smarks as much as possible? I know we'll have him beat Nakamura. We'll have him beat AJ Styles. We'll, uh, we'll have him go to New Japan and beat Cody Rhodes. Okay. Go to Ring of Honor. Wow. Beat the Young Bucks. We got a full-on pro wrestling rant going on. Well, I think people, they, they tune in for the pro wrestling at the very end. Do. Listen, if they're listening an hour 20 into this, <laughs> they are not going to mind, right? You got the, you're waiting for the wrestling takes. Because <laughs> they were upset I didn't talk about yeah. it. I didn't do a Battleground preview. All so right, can, I, can I go? Can I, I say, go. oh, Saramucci. Saraguchi, the new guy. Scaramucci. Scaramucci. The mooch. Scaramucci. 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 Can you do the Fandango? We talked about this recently, of people following you on Twitter oh, he yeah. that follows. won't uh, won't allow you to talk S about him. Did he get you guys too? Oh, yeah, he follows. He follows yeah. literally everybody. He follows He's got 100, but yeah. But it's like, nope, I'm still – I'm not falling for that one. Okay. Because I look. Because if somebody famous, you're like, whatever. Yeah. Like, are they are they following 110,000 people? Yeah. Okay. They're like, okay. James, can I slip one more in before you go? Oh, I just please. saw this come across Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys see this thing about Adrian Beltre getting ejected for yes, dragging was the, the, the on-deck oh. circle? Yes, he moved, the, uh, the umpire asked him to stand in the on-deck circle because he was not. So he, he literally picked it his up His whole career, basically, and dragged it. He's, he's stood a little off of it because he's gotten hit with foul balls on the on-deck circle. So he stands a little off of it in a less high-volume area to get hit. And the dude was like, you need to stand on the mat. So not even, like, in a dickish move, he goes over and pulls the mat to where he is <laughs> and gets tossed. Gets ejected. Uh, that's amazing. That's great. Uh, By the way, two people we've just talked about in the last five minutes have sat shotgun in my car. Adrian Beltre and Norm McDonald. Cool name drops, bro. Wow. <laughs> I was, James, again. James, you want to clean this up and pick up those names? Bel- Rank is dropping. Bel- I'm sorry. I'm just telling a story. Beltre hit a home run last night, and they lost 10-22. to 22, So, I guess he was <laughs> upset for a reason. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, can I go now? Is that Would that be okay as we close out? Do you not show? want the story? Of- I don't at all. No, I don't. We yeah. don't. Save let it for t- next time. Here, let me tell you. So here's. So I will daily dap. No, hold on. Let this, me. Uh, it, this music be... video. A couple music videos. Five uh, minutes. That's all I need. Uh, <laughs> Major Laser. The song is called No No Better. Nice. Travis Scott, Camila Cabello, and Quavo, who is just killing uh, the the rap world right now, the hip hop world. Uh, the The video for Major Laser, No No Better, just came out. Uh, I think last week. But man, it is. It's a cool video, man. I like it. Uh, I won't give it away. Just go watch it. Uh, I ran across this other video too. It's just so random, but it's a it's a group of three Chinese guys from China, uh, but they've got like this whole dirty South trap music sound going, and it's crazy. It's it's a crazy crazy sound. You would never expect it at all, but it's a it's a full on like no for reals. They're from China rap group, and it's legit. Uh, and so I don't know. I had a lot of fun with it. What's uh, their name? It, it's called they're they're called Higher Brothers, 
and uh, their song "Higher Brothers" featuring Keith Ape, "We Chat." It's a uh, the video for 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 that song is it's very interesting. It's shot vertical, so like the whole thing is like done like on their phone. phone. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, anyways, it's uh it's I, I thought it was done well. Um, and the song is great. Uh, the the video is uh it can be not safe for work depending <laughs> on where you work. I guess. What about here? Well, I get the referee. I don't think you'll get the referee because it's on YouTube. Anyways, it's Higher Brothers featuring Keith Ape. The song is called We Chat. Anyways, uh, that is it. For me, that is it for the show. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast. Rate the podcast. Review the podcast. And, of course, go to NFL.com slash DraftKit for all your draft kits. Let me know if you want the Norm McDonald. I do not. For the Whiskey from Wisconsin, it's so Alex Gelhar, Matt Franciscovich, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, Adam Rank. I'm James Coe. But if you want to hear the story, Facebook Live tomorrow. See you later. Frank, I will say, though, for you disparaging the digital uh, jukeboxes, they have opened us up to a whole new world of a lot of them you can just do by your phone, so you can troll an entire bar. Like <laughs> you can when totally you're, troll. When you're, something... when you're leaving, you just go, like, here's $12 worth of Bieber. Deal with it. Yeah. Aaron Aaron, uh, Aaron Nagler was talking about that the other night. That James, are was, you on three or two? Uh, was I am on three. Gotcha. For the music for he was playing, yeah. so he started playing a bunch of George Michael. Yeah. Like, you can <laughs> – It's it makes it I so easy it. to troll the bar or, like, get into to jukebox. If you really hate people because you can, like – Pay to move your song. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can pay move. so much. Yeah, that's for what it's he was the doing. Next, yeah, the next he was song, the iPay or whatever. Well, even back with digital stuff, you could do a lot of. Um, I'm leaving the bar and I'm going to play three verses of Freebird because that's a good. That's a good twenty minutes as well. Yeah, but it's a great song, so nobody's really that mad. That's true. Currently, not the greatest song of all time per our poll, though. Per our poll, <laughs> you have a poll out. We we have a very uh, biased poll. <laughs> very, I wouldn't uh, participate in it. Uh, a, it's a very it's a scientific kin, poll. I I said it was akin to voting: is the Earth flat or not? Uh huh. I see. So, well, people who choices. people who are only flat earthers would be incentivized to go vote for something like that. James, the the poll is debate with Adam Rank: is Freebird the greatest song of all time? Yes, no. Stairway to Heaven is. But here's my thing: is it's not. <laughs> What's with Stairway to Heaven? Winning? <laughs> yeah, Stairway to No Stairway oh, to Heaven is winning. My point was, <laughs> and this is this was a thing. It's like, but. Because I was uh, saying, what is the number two song of all time? Because everybody <clears throat> universally agrees, yes. Freebird number one. I would. Nobody disagrees with that. It's it's hard to disagree with that. Yeah. It is. It's just accepted. Like, yeah, okay. okay. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? 
Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 